Hi, this is Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 48, Two Teachers Talking. Uh, Charles and I get together to talk about teaching, which I think you know about, because we've been doing this for two years already. Two years. It'll be uh, two years that later, a little later this month, by one week. That's unbelievable. We've been and doing this for two that's years. We've been doing every two weeks for about two years now. Um, yeah, a big, big transition point, right? End of the year, um, New Year beginning, uh, our two-year anniversary, and um, kind of off the cuff and uh, spur of the moment change, um, we decided to kind of talk about those kind of transitions and talk about uh, our graduating students and uh, you know talk about you know we talk about what we do in the classroom when they come in with the beginning, everything through, but then. They put in their time for our universities, four years, most of them, <laughs> five, some of them, six, six seven, eight. <laughs> I took 12. Some of them we get to know really well <laughs> <laughs> over the years. But then we turn them loose into the world. And um, uh, some of us who are lucky, uh, we get to f- kind of track and see what's happening with some of them anyway. Um, but most of the time, they just kind of go out there into the ether, never to be heard from again. Um Unless they're picked up by the Osaka police or win a Nobel Prize or. Okay, I think so far neither of those two has occurred. Falsifying their research data. Uh huh. (laughs) Anyway, um, maybe we'd kind of talk about that. And and I think recently, Charles, you had a kind of a crystallizing experience that uh, kind of brought this issue to the fore. Well, kind of, and I think we have both come at it from a slightly different viewpoint. But yeah, I was hanging out, I guess is the best way to put it, at the graduation party, Kai in Japan, for where supposedly the students thank the teachers. And it's a party. It's usually at a reasonably nice restaurant, and you get to mingle with the students. And one of the students, pretty much one of the top students in our program, who wrote an incredible graduation thesis and uh, has incredible English abilities, walks up to me and he says, hey, Mr. Wiz, can I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And he says, I have no idea what to do on my first day of class. What should I do? And we had two very different reactions to this. Yes, right, right. And I was basically shocked. I I think appalled in a way. surprised what are some other synonyms for how i felt (laughs) um shock and awe right (laughs) basically i was really surprised because my immediate response is how could you go through three years of education school basically preparing to be a teacher and not know what you would do on the first day that was my response Mm. and the immediate feeling of we failed them we Mm. failed our students my my idea is that the student should be ready for that, ready to rock and roll, ready to run with it. But the student really was really in doubt, really questioning what they would do on the first day. And see, I think, Tony, this is where maybe we differ is that I don't think it's just a matter of EBGBs, right? I don't think it's a matter of just first day nervousness and not knowing. I think the student really had no idea how to go into the class on the first day and, you know, set an interactive tone, for example. Hmm. And I find that just surprising. But you, on the other hand, I think, responded differently to it. Yeah, yeah. And I and I, th- I see it differently. I think maybe three 
three different components to to my reaction, maybe. Um, by the way, you know, I know I'm going to lose an argument where somebody says there are three different components to my reaction, <laughs> and I'm kind of meandering away, and it's kind of like, okay, uncle, I say, uncle, surrender now. <laughs> Sorry, okay. go so my, I'm hoping my interruption is going to move you off track. <laughs> so there were two points to your argument. Bad chance. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, what was the middle one? Um, yeah, I think uh, the third one was. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Um, on, on the one end, I think maybe it is kind of heebie-jeebies, and I think part of it is um, a general. And I don't, I don't think this is specifically Japan. I, I think it's just a general. I want to say human, but it's not really human. I think it's, and maybe this is part of the failure that you're that hit the nerve with you. But I think it's inevitable. Uh, uh, perception that you know what you do. Okay, what you're doing in the classroom and what you're doing in school, even in your student teaching and so forth and so on, um, has value, and it's not wrong. But there's always a bit of a remove from the theoretical to the practical. And my impression when I, when I heard your story is, well, of course, this kid's gone through all this stuff. He's, he's read all the stuff. He's done all the work. It's like, okay, come on, chief. Tell me, give me a secret. What am I supposed to do? Come on, coach. Tell me, tell me what I'm supposed to do here. Give me a, give me, give me the inside scoop. Um, that's what I hear the kids saying. One, and as I said to you initially, when I said, ah, I think it's just a sign of respect. He wants, he, he doesn't want a textbook answer. He doesn't want the stuff you told him in class. He wants Charles Wiz's inside wisdom, the nugget that he doesn't waste in the classroom. Of course, Obviously, we don't have those nuggets. <laughs> woe is me. Woe is me. The education system is in danger now if people are coming to me. Little does he know. <laughs> we are as lost as he is. And, I mean, why would you expect? But, we're, but let me interrupt for a second. We're lost in a different way. And okay, we, need to, yeah, okay. we need to talk about that. Yeah, okay. But, but we also, um, you know, at the beginning of the term, after a month or two off, you walk into the classroom and... I don't know. I asked myself, what the hell am I doing? What do I do? I forgot how, you know, and yeah, it's like riding a bicycle, but he's getting on the bike for the first time. Um, you know, it's say, Hey, just keep your eyes on the road ahead. Don't look at the front wheel. Keep your eyes ahead. He's looking for tips, sign of respect. And especially, and I think too, especially in Japan. Um, I think that, that, that in, in English, what we call a mentor, um, here, the senpai, um, that kind of advice, that kind of, I think he's trying to set up that kind of relationship with you. Like, okay, you are going to, and again, when I talked about this, um, I think long time ago about making inroads and making friends and, and relationships. The, the one way you do it is by asking a favor. I think what he's doing is laying the groundwork for a future mentorship. Um, he wants you to take care of him um and he might have he might have decided on his first lesson plan two weeks ago he'll still go through the what he thinks is the go through the motions of asking advice of a respected sensei like please help me please tell me what to do um and yeah i forgot the third one <laughs> 
Um, but maybe I think maybe that the Japanese part was maybe split into two. One is seeking for a mentor. The second one and the other part of that was that yeah, especially here in Japan, um, that is a maybe a, a not not unique, but uh, a much more much bigger part of it than we might mm, appreciate. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's my, my that's my take. Okay. That's some interesting things on that. I, I mean, we followed up with the student afterwards, actually, and Skyped with him. Oh, good, good. And did an hour and a half and then set up a follow-up meeting. So I think in a sense, yes, you know, it is a... So you can probe that a little bit. You can find out what, yeah. what's going on. Oh, excellent. Yes, yeah. So I talked with him and we went through a whole thing about what are his values, what does he want to accomplish in the classroom. But I want to go back to the original point and where our difference is, is that you know, I'm in that program and right now... Um, I'm not teaching a pedagogy course. Mm -hmm. And that's something when I was teaching the pedagogy courses, I mean, I remember starting my first um, junior high school methodologies course, right? Where we're supposed to teach them how to teach in junior high school, which is also going to cover high school. The first lesson was, okay, get up in front of the class now and please do your first day opening talk with the students. And that's how I started my class. And I, feel that if I were teaching these classes, that that would be the starting point. And we'd work from that because I think we've talked about this or when I've talked with students, I ask them, what do you do on the first day? Right. And all the students usually say they start off with an introduction and talk about themselves, why they became teachers, et cetera. And I try to explain to them, no, no, no. If you're going into a junior high school or high school class, and I may have mentioned this before in the podcast, that you, the teacher walks in and asks the student, just, could you move your chair over just a little bit? Or you ask a student a question about what time does a class usually start? You get students to do little things, little small little tasks that they will then do for you so that you're developing the relationship that, ah, this is the classroom and you're kind of creating the teacher-student dynamic, which is what I told the student to do right away. But the fact to me that the students would go through three years of teacher education and not have a good sense of classroom dynamics, creating atmosphere, um, classroom management skills is what surprised me, Tony. And when I f ask other students, I say, did you get any training? Did you get any background in, for example, how to take records? Which is, people just assume that everybody knows how to create a record book of grades, attendance, comments, observations, etc. They're not even exposed to that. So I think what happens is that there's a focus on the teaching of English. And so students know how to teach, let's say, vocabulary. They know about corrective feedback. They know about shadowing, etc. They know all these different techniques and they know how to approach teaching, for example, basics for teaching reading, basics for teaching listening, etc., etc. But they don't have an overall grasp of the teacher's trade. And being a teacher, which is managing a classroom, which is what I would think would be the basis of a beginning teacher needs is the, you know, a set of tools that they could say, ah, I've gone through this. I've been in a simulation where this happens in a classroom. But unfortunately, that's not what happens. And that's why I was so shocked and surprised. I, th I think you're right in that a lot of those. In I, 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 they're not intangible. They are concrete and real, but um, 
let's let me let me let me get by with using that that intangible art or whatever of those kinds of things of establishing that relationship in the classroom, setting the atmosphere for the class, and things. Yeah, there, there are things that can be broken down and they can be taught. I would counter that saying, let's assume that the student had a full semester or a full year of specifically those kinds of things and probably has noted and maybe made a plan um, for exactly doing those kinds of things on his first day. I would, I would counter saying that even though he was had all that down and was ready to go, he would still ask you the same question. Hmm. I would counter your counter. I don't know. I don't know. I think... Well, that's why it's, it's really good that you got a chance to follow up and talk to him. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, he's a great, great student. Uh, um, isn't it nice? Yeah, well, <laughs> isn't it nice? Well, they go off. You know, we, we were talking about this. They just go off and disappear, right? And I'm in a, in a program where I start teaching. They, they select their major, choose their major, and then from the second year, they're in the program. So I, I know them from their second year to their third year to their fourth year so i get to see them and then they disappear kind of in the third year and the fourth year unless they're in my advanced classes or they're taking my seminar but it's interesting i mean i'm going to add something a little bit later because again i have this contact at the last party where we talk and of course Students are not going to tell you the truth in certain ways, but sometimes they do. I had another really interesting, fun exchange with a student who didn't like me at all <laughs> or doesn't like me at all, right? And um, I said – I actually, I'm going off on a tangent here. So w what's new about that? <laughs> so I'm going to disagree. I think mm. that he – he went through and he really learned his second language acquisition theory. Very, very, you know, smart student, really smart young man. Um, incredible writer. I, um, I was reading his, his graduation thesis and I was like, this is, this, this is like native quality and it's, it's, it's publishable. It was a really, really excellent, excellent research paper. And he had the theory down. I think that during the entire time he was learning this stuff, nobody ever talked about the hands-on reality of a teacher, of being in the classroom. And part of the problem is that usually these students do their student teaching at a pretty good junior high school or high school. And I've always argued that that's a mistake because if you do your student teaching, and by the way, student teaching in Japan is really short. I think they get like only three or four days actual teaching practice, student teaching practice in either junior high school or high school, and they get maybe two weeks in elementary school. So this is an interesting thing. They, it's not like in the United States, I think, where you get, what, six months of mentorship where you're in a classroom and there's actually your mentor teacher observing you and working with you. So I think that they're going out into the world without enough experience and without enough time focused on the real practical skills of being a teacher. And I'm going to argue that those practical skills of classroom management, knowing how to deal with a, um, a student who's causing discipline problems, knowing how to talk to a student, simple basics, for example, as when you talk to a student, um, you know, squat down so that their eyes 
level is higher than yours to make them feel comfortable. Simple basics like that they're not being exposed to. And I don't – that part – well, go ahead. I'm just going to say, and I think my intuition is that those are far more important in many ways than the theory. Well, we did the thing on, on teacher training, and I don't – and this on the, on the weaknesses and those the failures, I don't disagree with you there. I just don't see that this student's question is an indicator of those failures. I think that even if the system were completely different and perfect in yours or my evaluation, um, I think it's possible for the student to ask that same question. I think it would be possible. But I mm. did follow up with the student and when we were talking. I said, by the way, I'm just curious about your asking me about this. And he said that he felt comfortable making lesson plans. He felt comfortable, you know, teaching activities. He'd know how to teach the textbook, but he didn't know how to start the first day to create the atmosphere of a collaborative atmosphere in a classroom, for example. And when I asked the student, you know, what did you, what kind of atmosphere then do you want? He says, I want, you know, one where the students aren't afraid to make mistakes, the students are willing to take risks, that it's a collaborative atmosphere where they're willing to work with each other. That he had no idea about. So I think that the not knowing about the first day was a symptom, for lack of a better term, a surface phenomena of a lack of an underlying comprehension of what teachers can do to create the atmosphere and the dynamic and the basic um, skills that students need to work in a collaborative classroom. I think he had the theory down. I think he knew how to do a gap activity or how to do a, a, um, a jigsaw activity. And he knew the value and understood the value of pair work and group work, but no uh, real understanding of how to get the students to learn to work in that environment. Counter that, <laughs> but that's let's where. Say, yeah, let's let's say what he's again. I'll go back to my thing. Maybe you know he's maybe maybe he had all that. Maybe he had none of it. And I think what he's looking for is the tip. And let's say, I don't. You probably didn't. And I just thought of it when you were when you were talking because, um, you asked the students what kind of atmosphere does he want to create. The first thing that you said that he said, um, was that he wanted to create an atmosphere where he didn't want the students to be afraid to make a mistake as well walk into the classroom and make a mistake which is one of the things i told them yeah it's <laughs> like <laughs> so start talking to him in french say okay this is french 101 or spanish or whatever language you, you, you might be able to speak and the kids go eh, eh, and then you make a joke and say well then listen okay i made a mistake you you think um but it's okay nobody died and this is the place this room is a place where we can make mistakes Yes. Is that something that should be, you teach your, do you, is there a spot in the curriculum that actually gets to that kind, that level? I think there should be. Yes. Well, there should, you know, there, but there, can you? There should be. Yeah, I, I did. I was teaching a methodology course at another university and we, I covered this in the class. How do you create a classroom atmosphere that's collaborative? And I talked about different kinds of things. For example, the idea of um, how your grading affects collaboration. 
for example. I talked about when students are practicing, should, stu should the teacher walk around and correct students? And I argued that no, when students are practicing, they need to feel comfortable making mistakes. That's what practice is for. And if you start correcting students, then you're teaching them that they shouldn't even make mistakes when they're practicing. So I'm going to say that I included it in my teaching course. And I don't think students, and I think I'm the, one of the few people who exposes students to that. Yeah, and I you're, prob think you're that, probably right. You're probably right. I don't, there, think, I don't disagree with you there. Uh, okay. And <clears throat> I, I think that that's an essential thing because the other thing we have to look at is the incredibly high rate of teacher attrition in Japan. Not just Japan. Right. But it's really high here. But you're right, not just anywhere else. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that students are not adequately prepared for the realities of teaching. Well, I agree <laughs> with you there. <laughs> but that's one. Well, but if you but 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 if you if you tell them what it's really like, they're not going to continue. <laughs> Uh, there's an, there's enough of us out there who will, <laughs> but it's something that they need to know. Um, mm. But I think part of it is that if you were given enough skills to know how to deal with, let's say, n the non-ideal classroom, for example, the, the students at our school they're they're going to these really good um, junior high schools. For example, I go visit and I went to visit some high schools that were also really good because I get to observe my. Um, my seminar students at their student teaching. It's part of our responsibility. And I come out with, you know, time-stamped notes, right? You know, I write down the time, and it's usually four or five handwritten pages on observations of their teaching and descriptive, not prescriptive. You know, and I just note things, and then we discuss things. But they, for example... They're not taught, taught simple basics for, like, I, I've had to comment to almost every student that when you write on the board, for example, you write and you make sure that your, you know, your head is turned towards the classroom as much as possible because in a junior high school or high school class, as soon as you turn your back on the students, right, students are going to lose contact that's with what the teacher. I used to do. <laughs> oh, yeah 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 that's when you start i'm waiting for the teacher yeah to you're right around. that's when you I'm start passing waiting. notes that's when we started you know you start texting um you know and talking to them that when they point to something on the board if you're you know, right that you know you if you're right-handed put your left hand on the board turn angle your body out and you use your left hand for pointing while you turn your body and your face to the students they weren't even given those kinds of basics okay and I'm going to say that's like taking somebody and expecting them to play a competitive sport or take a job, um, a skilled job, whether it's working a lathe or anything, and saying you have a theoretical background and you know how to make the different pieces, but you still haven't learned the basis of how to use the machine effectively, you know, how a master person would use it. I'm sorry, I really feel that they don't even have those kind of basics. But again, that was not stuff I was exposed to. It's stuff I've learned over time. But isn't that the idea? Is that we should be sharing the our expertise of things that were not taught to us, that we should then incorporate that into a classroom, whether it's micro lessons or you know simulated lessons that the students are doing, and then that they should be getting that kind of feedback and input from their mentoring teacher. And it should be in the classroom. How do you actually do this activity in the classroom? How can it go wrong? 
And we all know that, right? You do the activity, you design the activity, and it fails. So I'm still sticking by my guns again that I think we're not getting them ready to deal with the real world of teaching. And so they go into the teaching world. Um, they're overwhelmed by the workload because there's such an emphasis, by the way, on lesson planning, right? And having everything mapped out exactly. And that's not the reality of how I think most teachers work. And I think I've mentioned before, John Hattie, who had an interesting article about looking at the difference between experienced and expert teachers. Mm. And that expert teachers don't map everything out in detail, minute by minute. They know where they want to go. They know yeah, how to do it. Yeah, we talked about the jazz before. Right, man. exactly. So what's happening is that these students, thanks for reminding me, mm. is that, and I'm, I'm on, oh boy, I'm on a tear here. <laughs> go, yeah. man, go. Go. Um, it's, a sh it's a short plank, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> but that they're taught, I think, that teaching is a classical concert. Okay, that mm. it's scripted out. You've got your composition, you've got your score in front of you and you follow it. And the reality of it is it's it's like it's a jazz improvisation yeah, improv. where you're playing with somebody new and they're going off in a direction you have no idea about. And I think that that's exactly it. We train our students to play classical music when in reality they need to be trained to, you know, jam, improvise on the spot. Be ready mm. to go. Be ready to say, ah, okay, I do this, now this. But that's not how they're trained. And in their classes, there's no disruption. The other thing I'd mention in the same sense is I remember one time um, when I'm at a different school, the students had to do their presentation, right, of their graduation thesis research. And as my student was setting up, I remember saying to one of the other teachers, I said, you know, if I were really a good teacher, I would program that computer to shut down. So my student had to do her presentation without the PowerPoint. And I remember this person turned to me and says, well, you are truly a cruel human being. <laughs> and guess what happened after 10 minutes? The projector <laughs> bulb burned out. Okay. And the student had to do their presentation without the PowerPoint. So I'm saying, I just think we have to prepare students for the reality, which is that you got to embrace your failures. You're going to fail. I don't think they're taught that, right? That there are going to be days where you're going to come home and cry, right? So that's what I'm yeah, arguing I, for. I, 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 don't dis I don't disagree with you on, on, the, on the fact that our teacher training is wanting. You know, we, 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 did, we did a podcast and, thing, and I agree with you 100%. Like all, all kinds of stuff that is integral, essential for teachers to know are never taught to them. I just don't think that this student's question was an indicator of those kind of things. For example, one of the, one of the thing that we we're going to talk about before about influences and, and values and so forth and so on. Um, one of, and this is kind of funny, interesting, way out of left field, um, influence on, on my teaching is, again, the failure of teacher training, nothing to do with school, but it's from my, my karate dojo days. I was really lucky, um, had a, a, a natural, a great karate teacher. He, was, he also happened to be a, a natural fighter. <laughs> he, was, he was an incredible So fighter. this was a teacher you didn't screw with. <laughs> nobody, nobody screwed with this teacher. Okay. Uh, and it was, it was, this dojo was serious business. And, it, it, business, and the funny thing is the business part, because, you know, his business really suffered because for so many years he did 
zero compromise in the traditional Japanese martial arts. And people show up once and leave, right? Because they're all, you know, they're going straight to the hospital because they're all bruised and beat up. But um, one of the things that, uh, just watching him, watching him teach, I mean, I learned so many things from watching, not only about the fighting and the karate, but, and myself, but also about teaching and watching, watching him teach. And one of the things that he was able to do, um, and it, it sounds really out of place because you have this, um, you know, the, a Japanese mindset where you teach by the numbers, you know, color by numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he was, again, instinct, instinctive. Again, we're talking about this intangible. Not really. I mean, you can learn this stuff. Watching him, I learned from him. What we was able to do was, yeah, you've got karate is karate. You know, a punch is a punch and, and there is the form and you... Follow the form exactly. But what he was able to do was to take that and for each student, figure out what buttons to push, what's going to work for this guy, what's going to work for this girl, what's going to, what can, what is, what are these, what's this person's strengths, what are are his weaknesses, what should I emphasize, what should be de-emphasized. And he had the class, and then we'd have the the drinking sessions after, and sometimes he'd drop little nuggets. And I think the student was looking for those nuggets. As he told, we were sitting around drinking after class, when he says, they say, Tony, Rick, you old. Don't worry about, don't forget about the round kicks and round punches. You're old, you're slow. Young guys are new. They're fast. They're young. By the way, how old were you when he said this? Thirties, <laughs> thirties. Uh, I was so young then. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Imagine now. Yeah. Just, so concentrate on your direct techniques. Straight punch, not a roundhouse punch. Straight kick. You're too slow to do the old the, uh, to the roundhouse stuff effectively. Other people, you know, they're fast on their feet. They're slow on their feet. They got power this way. The power. He's able to look at the person. And say, okay, now this is what you should do. So now this guy who's gone to class and he's gotten the formula from the teachers and, you know, you can do A, B, C, and D. Wiz Sensei, me, you know me. What should I do? Come on, give me, give me the secret. Because you, you are the sensei. You have the secrets. Enlighten me. No? No, you you buy in? <laughs> just I, sign here. <laughs> you know, I, I I I stutter here <laughs> as I counter your counter to my counter to your counter. Um, I've lost count of our counterings. Mm. I think there's part of it. I, I I mean, there's also the part of me that's like, well, this student is asking me this, and. This is a good student. So here's the previous part of the story is um, and this is how it kind of all got started is I try to make it a habit of when I see the students, because I hadn't seen him for at least a year, hadn't been in my class for over a year. And after I read his graduation thesis, I said to him, I said, by the way, this is really, really, really a great job. 
and you did a really good job. And this is after I had asked his advisor, I said, so is this student going on to graduate school? And the professor responded basically, oh, it's, it's so sad. No, he's not going on to graduate school. He's going to only become a junior high school teacher. What a waste of talent. And of course I could run. Nah. Yeah. I, this is in a teacher education program. Yeah. yeah you, see, you didn't hit him. <laughs> it's that, that's the teacher's opinion. That's, that's some professor who um, believes that the highest calling is research and being a university professor. But he's a professor. He was, he's a, in the education program. He was training teachers? Training, teaching the theory classes, yes. Mm. But has never, I think, really taught in an elementary, junior, high school, or high school class. But the point of it was that I was... There's so much wrong with this There's scenario. so much wrong with this scenario. Thank you. That's, <laughs> I don't even know it's where such, to start. It's, well, but anyway, go ahead. Okay. And I'm just saying, I'm on the opposite end, of course. So after this professor told me this... And I ran into the student. I said, by the way, I heard that you're going to become a junior high school teacher. And the student said, yes. And I said, listen, I think it's great. You know, you are a really, really super smart, you know, young man, which he is. And I said, that's going to be great. We need more people like you going into junior high school. And I think we've talked before about how I think we both feel that junior high school is the big transition stage. It's a really mm. important stage. and We need our mm. best teachers there. Mm. And even if you haven't said that, I'm going to take, give you mm. credit for saying it. Thank but, you, because, yeah. But there. Um, the point is, I said to him, and I said, you know, I think it's great. You're going to have such an effect because these students are so lucky to have somebody this, you know, really super smart in front of them who's engaged and really interested. And he was really appreciative that I had complimented him and commented on his his graduation thesis and that – I had then said, I think it's great you're going on to be a junior high school teacher. Now, that was about three weeks, two to three weeks before the party, okay? Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is one of the reasons why he asked me about what to do on the first day. Hmm. I think somehow it went through his head that, wait a second, somebody is coming to me at this from this direction. So... um. My feeling, again, is just – it's not just a comment on teacher training. I think it's about the inherent values of the system and that there is that, again, that conflict between research and teaching. But it was almost as if, oh, our super smart, most qualified students should go on and become university professors, which kind of mimics uh, what Ken Robinson said, that the whole goal of universities is to create more university professors. But – and that our less qualified students should go on to become high school, junior high school, and elementary school students. And I just think, what a dangerous concept. Oh, God. So I think it's a combination of that. So you put that together, Tony, with the student then coming up to me, you see, and saying, hey, Mr. Wiz, I don't know what to do on my first day. Wow. I was just shattered. I was really, really, really shattered. In a way that, or not shattered. <laughs> yeah, don't, yeah, I'm glad. Yeah, don't say shattered because in, in thinking, you know, trying to put these two things together, I was talking about my my karate teacher. And I was in a situation not that different from your student where, you know, we, you know, again, this, this teacher wrote us really hard. And when they're going for the black belt, we had to do 
any number of like really insane things. And um, at some point, um, I found myself um, going to New York to be in my first national tournament, full contact karate. <laughs> this is not me, man. <laughs> this is not me. And basically, it's just like, just like your student. And she's like, what do I, what do I do? And, you know, he probably looked at me the way you looked at your student <laughs> with, you know, half incredulity, half disgust and half, you know, Japanese poker face and says, like, do what you do. Hey, I've been teaching you for three years, four years. Okay. You know what to do. Do it. <laughs> don't, don't ask me now. But I do what you do. But it's different, Tony. Well, it is different because this is as if he was, I was entirely in his hands. And so if I didn't know what to do, it was basically an indictment of him personally. <laughs> so I'm lucky he didn't hit me. <laughs> you, had, you had sparring practice, right? What's that? Oh, yeah. Oh. So basically the tournament, oh, yeah. <laughs> the tournament wasn't that much different except that it was kind of the pressure of actually being a tournament, correct? It was a it was a tournament and it was strangers and it was uh different styles. Okay. But the actual sparring was something that you were really used to. Yeah. I'm saying that there was no this student hasn't had a chance to spar enough. I would agree with you. And that the approach is too theoretical. Agreed. Okay. And that's what I'm I'm arguing. I think the, the model you're providing of karate or any sport, um, you know, there was the students didn't have enough time to scrimmage is part of the issue. But I think that the student was representative representing was representative of a condition or situation that needs to be addressed and that's why i was affected by it i mean it's that dual effect as i mentioned of okay yeah i, I just i thought of another interesting parallel maybe maybe this will get you to sign right so yeah i'm getting in, my in, pen i'm getting my pen in in my dojo say we sparred all the time every class ended up with sparring we were we were always, we were always fighting this is my first national tournament. I asked that question. My second national tournament, I, I wouldn't ask my teacher that question. I've, I have done it once. This kid, it's never been his class. It's never been the first day of the term. He's doing, he's making for him. This is a huge, we go back to our transition mode, transition theme. Um, he's making this huge transition from a student, student teacher, comes April. This is going to be his class, his first day. Regardless of the training that he's had, this is still for him in his mind. This is and and maybe this is a maybe this is a failing of the system. He's still feeling like it's the first time. I understand your argument that it shouldn't feel like the first time. You should be trained. You should know exactly what to do. But the reality is always different from the training. And even though that I was sparring several times a week, sometimes five or six times a week, national tournament, New York. This is different i'm at a loss as we say here um i'm scared um teacher please help me hmm? i'm gonna sign halfway ah okay i'm gonna agree with you about the scared part 
Mm. But I am surprised that somebody would be at a loss. And there's a, there's a difference there. At a loss means you really don't know what to do. Scared means you kind of have an idea. Maybe you could know what to do, but it's your first time. And I'm not going to deny that someone's going to be nervous and scared the first time. But to not have been exposed to the possible, the many different kinds of scenarios that exist in a classroom. Again, I think that it's a matter of people being exposed to only idealized states of where the students are always receptive. And and you don't think that like the natural self-deprecating Japanese mode of questioning maybe also was a factor? In what way? Can you? Um, I'm so stupid and you're so smart. Please help me. Well, the student has reasonable confidence and knows he's not. <laughs> but but yeah but but I know no but but that but that's but that's Japanese manners right? You know I I can't cook I can't cook at okay. all but please come to my house for dinner. Yeah you know I'm, not, I'm I understand again I think that and you know I'm flattered by the student I'm not going to hide that that it's it's a really nice feeling that you know somebody good I'm glad you said that because you should be right you know that it is because it is an honor. Yeah, you know that it's, it is nice. It, it's, you get that because we don't get that feeling too often. We and student, they should be taught that. <laughs> get <laughs> used be, to. They this. certainly should be told that if you <laughs> get used to it. That you again the transition mode. You see them, you interact with them, and then they disappear, and you're never going to hear from ninety nine point nine nine percent of them ever. How about again. it? You're you're a carpenter. You have like a beautiful desk. You got your mechanic. The cars running, humming like a like. Like a machine, you know, sewing machine. Your teacher, what do you get? You get an empty classroom. Yeah. And you watch them walk out. And most you of them, walk out and you and you most of them don't even say thank you very much. Like, right? Most of them don't even say have a nice vacation. <laughs> 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 and these are good students, nice kids. <laughs> so I, again, I'm just, I understand that and I feel really flattered by it. But when I, again... So I Skyped with us. We arranged to Skype for our first time. And I said, okay, well, give me some ideas of what you can do. And the student mentioned, okay, well, we could do self-introductions. And my immediate response was, well, what do you th- how do you think the students are going to respond to that? And he said, oh, it's probably going to be not very interesting or boring for them. And I said, I would probably agree with that. So I said, what else can you do? What other activities have you learned? And was you know, even with all that knowledge, with all that background, the, you know, the student wasn't, it took a while for me to help, you know, pull that out of him, what he could do and make some suggestions. So it's a lucky situation that I'm able to have contact with the student after they graduate. And it's going to be really interesting to keep in touch with the student to see how their teaching progresses. And that's going to be really fun. But I don't, to go back to what the feeling of disappointment, I think that that's still a pervasive feeling for me. And that the students spent too, you know, are getting a lot of theory and learning how to teach an activity, but they really don't know how to conduct themselves in the classroom. And so that's been the real overwhelming i'm still dealing with it and we're this is you know a month past since um no not a month it's a couple of weeks past but 
you know, the students are graduated now, the new semester is, you know, in, and this, this year, the transition has been a real marked one for me. Hmm. And hmm. maybe it's, it's one of the better ones because, oh, I'm still having contact with the student. I'm still able to, ah, maybe, you know, I can do something and I'm going to learn from this student because I get to, as I told the student, I said, you know, I really envy you your first year of not knowing, you know, and the <laughs> flailing around and just, ah, it's going to be such an incredible year. Mm. So hopefully I'll be able to learn from, you know, this student as well. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, I think we both agree on the, on, on the teacher training thing. I've never been involved in a, in a teacher training program other than, you know, just when I was full time and, you know, just taking new people under my wing and kind of showing them the ropes, so to speak, and things. But uh, uh have had a number of my uh, students, then graduates, uh, go on to teaching. And um, I'm going to give a little shout out to one of my stars, Yuko from uh, Osaka University, who was... Uh, just a star and she was just wonderful in my, in my, there's a regular, you know, in, integrated English class. Um, then in her second year, um, this is back in the days when I had reasonable size classes. Um, it just asks us, can, can she sit in again on the same class? And, um, I said, well, hell, hell yeah. <laughs> said, of course you can. And, um, the class that, um, I had uh, in that second year, the, the average level was uh, way lower than hers. And for the whole year, she was just an invaluable teaching assistant. Um, she went on to become, uh, I hope she's still, cause she's, she was listening to some of the podcasts at the beginning. I don't know if she's still a listener. Um, went on to, I hope, I hope so, Yuko, you out there? Um, went on to become a junior high school teacher uh, in uh, uh, Tokyo, Yokohama. Uh, right after the uh, the earthquake, and um, uh, still teaching, um, haven't talked with her for a couple of years. I think maybe we exchanged like Nenga Joe, um, but as you said with this student, it's like boy, um, what a wonderful thing for, for all those students. I mean, all those students that are just so lucky <laughs> that they're going to have her as a teacher. Uh, she's going to impact so many lives, and she's going to do such a good job. Uh, it was just so gratifying to see. Again, I had nothing to do with her teacher training d directly and stuff, but uh, her coming back and sitting in my class for that a year, said everything, didn't it? Oh man, um, you know we talk about like how little you know positive feedback you know teachers get as a rule, and it's like and, you know let, for the last few years, you know I'm just so damn lucky. You're still running so on that list. Oh man, well, and and yeah, and yeah, and then there's you know there's other stories too, right? It's like uh, now the kids that I first taught in Japan, my first year, um, their <laughs> their kids are going to college. <laughs> ouch! <laughs> um, ouch! A couple of them, you know, <laughs> I, I was in, in touch with some of them, and um, you know, yeah, they, they've been living in Arizona or New Mexico, fifteen twenty years now, working for Toyota. Um, family there happy running marathons it's like you you know and you know still being in touch with them man it's just it just it's wonderful to see it's just wonderful to see um and so gratifying so um, out of so, all the students you've taught how many are you still in touch with lots 
Well, percentage-wise, not so many. Right, right, right. <laughs> because, um, yeah, I've been doing this for over 20 years. And in Japan, given class sizes, especially loading up in the last five, seven years or so, I think last time I, I towed it up, I think I've taught over 12,000 students in Japan. Yeah. Uh, being a part-time teacher for so long. Um, but I'm in touch at some level with probably more than 100. Wow. That's a pretty, you know, not intimate, you're not, not weekly or anything, but you know, holidays, birthdays, that kind of stuff. Hey, how's it going? Sensei, yada, yada. Yeah. Well, well over a hundred. That's a pretty big number, Tony. Mm. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not even going to talk about my number. <laughs> I'm going to just go <laughs> off and cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. I keep in touch with some students and, um, it's it's always nice, but as we were saying in the transition thing, most of the time it's just they just go off, mm. right? And it's always an interesting feeling that you say goodbye at the end of the year or the end of the semester, and the students walk out, and it's that empty classroom. And <laughs> I always linger for a few minutes <laughs> in that empty classroom and just ponder that feeling. Because I was thinking of your... Um, the image I got of the mechanic and you were talking about the mechanic who gets to do the, the really good job in the, the, the motors. Just... Oh, Cause you, you, you've worked on cars. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But what I too. was thinking yeah. is the mechanic though, if he, the repair isn't good, the student comes or not the student, the customer comes back and tells you, right. Right. We don't even get that directly. <laughs> right. You don't right. even know if you repaired the car properly. Hmm. Because of the way things are structured and just the nature of student-teacher relationships, especially in Japan. So that transition is always interesting. But I, I'm finding out, I guess I'm lucky that this one I've had a really significant transition period. That some, you know, there's this interaction with the student and I will give the student a shout out in about a year. <laughs> I'm mm, not going to do it mm, right now. Mm. Um, I haven't even checked with the student if that's okay. And... It's making me just think a lot, you know, as to what's my role. Should I move my oral communication classes into a much more of a teacher, teaching or teacher preparation kind of format? Use that as the content and as the basis of teaching. Um, or how do how does one go about dealing with the issue? So, in other words, usually my transition, right, the spring break for us here between the end of the semester and or the end of the school year and the beginning of the school year always is what can I do better? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? What kind of tools are available for me to use? This year, it's it's been pretty heavy. It's been pretty hardcore about, you know, what's the role? What's my responsibility? You know, is there this gap in the student's experience that needs to be addressed? So the transition theme <laughs> which is what we've started with has been a really rich one for me. Hmm. So I'm really grateful. I'm really, really grateful to this student to have really yeah, me inspired too. secondhand. Me. Right. But it, it, cause I think this is, yeah, it, it's, it's a good time. Right. I mean, right between uh, the beginning of a new year, uh, the ending of last year, the students and things um, talked to before, you know, before we were recording, talked a little bit about, you know, introspection and, Having that chance to actually look at it and the student serendip with serendipity, um, 
kind of forced you to or brought you to exactly i mean the cusp of it i mean the actual the actual point right ground zero of that transition where here's your student and he's moving from one life to another life and reaching out to you at that point um yeah necessarily is going to is going to rock you a bit because <laughs> it's a heavy question right yeah it was a lot of responsibility but it's great you know I, yeah I, I, hell yeah i'm so <laughs> grateful to the student because his question and this is this is how he's got the teaching down already <laughs> his question moved me to think more deeply moved me to go to a level of thinking oh what about my teaching so what seems like a simple there question you go. there right? you go you know this this guy's got it already <laughs> he's affecting me in this incredibly positive way so i guess he wasn't so badly trained after all <laughs> uh, he did take us yes, he did take my <laughs> second year classes yeah blah blah, blah. i think in a certain way uh, <laughs> maybe point, he was point, doing okay. the Socratic. Maybe he was doing a Socratic thing, Charles. Giving you hints, like maybe you think. I'm maybe he took a look at me. Right, better. right, right, right. He took a look at me and said, "Now this guy needs a lot this of guy help. This guy needs a lot of help." First day skills. Like, so what should I do? <laughs> How can I help this guy out? I know. I'll tell him that I don't know what to do on the first day. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, God, I hope that's not true. <laughs> I'm sure it's not. Now I'm going to have to ask him whether this whole thing. I'm probably, I'm probably part of some like experiment now. But in I that think, I sense. Think we're, we're running, I think we're, we're real close to overthinking it at this point. Uh, that's, that's actually an interesting topic in and of itself. Real mm. overthinking as a teacher. But yeah. I am grateful to the student for that. And, you know, it's a perfect. It was, I just wish he had asked me it like a month before. <laughs> right instead of you know mm. what was it it would have been oh oh you're still worried about his papers and his his graduation oh, I, I understand he was, he's, he's, he was, he's all... it was it was too far in the future someday i'll be in the classroom now it's like looming well <laughs> it's, now it's a reality part, the time part of me also feels it. that you know at the parties right there is there sure. is beer and wine and there you go he too. probably had a little bit of beer that probably helped loosen him up a little bit but there you go um you know again this this period is it's interesting to it's now punctuated. It's, it's the only thing I can think of in a totally different way, um, and it's the only issue is I wish it had started this way because then I would have had that month or five weeks to really figure things out and really deal with it. So again, here I am. I should turn to him and tell him, "Gee, I don't know how to start my classes now," <laughs> but. Yeah, the transition period, it's, it's, it's a vital period. It's a good period. And it's nice to, you know, have those doubts and have those questions. Um, I feel... And, ha and have the opportunity and the luxury of examining them and, and thinking about them a little bit. Yeah, you know, that's a really nice part of our job. Yeah. We do have that downtime that allows us to really think it through. And I think, you know, a lot of people who are not in the teaching profession just don't understand that not only is the break, it's supposedly for you to do more research in our field, but it's also to make up for the fact that you teach and then you come home and then you work for another three hours for the next day and that you get this break. But the importance of having that time to pull back and get a different perspective on your classes is so vital. And then, of course, I'll go in on the first day and go, okay, well, I guess I wasted all that time. <laughs> I'm not applying anything that I thought about. I've 
resorted back to my old ways. So it's interesting. So I understand your point, but I just, I still have my disappointment, but I do also feel better. Thank you, Tony. Yay. It's like, like, well, there's our therapeutic hour. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And and Charles, I think the hour is up. (laughs) Oh, no. Who who are you to say when it's finished? (laughs) (laughs) The insurance companies, that's who. But go. I think it's it's an, it's a good topic, and uh, you know the transition period is good. And I know you and I always are talking during that transition period. We keep in touch, and uh, I think we're both going to be trying some new things this semester, right? Yeah, and well, you know, before we even get into the new new semesters, like the, the transition period, you know, really is transition because you go from. I'm so sick of this stuff. <laughs> Do ending again. And then, you know, you kind of get the past a little bit. Then you get in, you have into a week or two into it. And it's like, well, maybe next year I should. And you get, you know, there's a germ of an idea. And then it kind of develops and you start doing something else. And, you know, by the time, you know, the first day of classes comes around, it's not like you're really geared up for it. But you you, you come back with some new ideas and some new approaches and some different things that you're going to do. Um, some things that we choose to do, some things are thrust upon us. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. I've got some, some new ideas that I'm going to throw out there. Yeah. Yeah. I find that it's an interesting process I go through at, during this transition period is I'm working at home, which is really great. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, vacation's over. I have to start waking up early. I'm going to be sleep deprived and I'm regretting it. And I'm sad that my vacation's going. And then about, oh, I guess it was four days ago, five days ago, it was like, ah, oh, time to be back in the classroom, right? You know, that feeling of, yes, going to be back in front of, you know, in the, in the classroom again. Actually, I shouldn't even say in front of the class because I don't do that that much anymore. But it's nice. I'm getting excited and ready to start teaching, and that's a great feeling. Yeah, we'll see how that holds up in, well, in that's... the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, – <laughs> see, see what you sound like two weeks from now. <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you how I feel right now. Well, I don't want to spoil it. I know. Well, that's part of it. I'm, 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 I'm psyched myself. Well, that's I'm part of the cy- cyclical or cyclical yeah, like nature new, of new, our new, job. New crop, new kids, and – new putty and see, you know, what are we going to do with this? And and yeah, also I'm looking forward. It's to not it. even, yeah. It's like, okay, I don't even know how my classes are going to be distributed in terms of the dynamics. Right. Right. We've talked about that. The, the great mm-hmm. classes and the classes that, you know, you never know what you're, what kind of, you're going to get dealt. You're never going to, you, you never really, know. really don't. Although some <laughs> things you can kind of predict depending on if they're majors, what their major is. And, right. Right. The different you know, schools, the different majors, and the different kinds know. of schools and the in nature of the schools, but, but yeah. their character, their personality, it's, 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 it's a crapshoot. It really, really is. But again, that's something else, right. That, you know, I'm going to have to talk with the student about asking, were you, was this ever discussed that different classes have different personalities? So there we are, full scale again, and I'm back to, oh, no, my disappointment. <laughs> okay, I think we've covered that enough. Thanks, Tony. Though I, pre- I think we're in. I think we're in, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate your, your comment of getting me to see the more positive side of that. Yeah, 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 because um, I, I think you need to – be more positive. Also take well, be, yeah, yes, be more positive and take more credit for the fact. And you know, really think you're, you're you're dismissive of that idea. No, I think that that question was a true honor and it was a true sign of respect. I I think I don't think you give it enough weight. Take credit for it. Okay. 
Yeah, and if you were in my shoes, it would be the same. We'd have the same conversation, but different voices from different Very sides. Very possible. I think possible. so. I think we both come at it from that same point. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the kid, so but that, but it's very possible. Yeah. All right. Well, um, here we are. <laughs> maybe make a not okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So two teachers talking dot com. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you've got my curiosity picked. What was it about you were going to say? But okay. oh, oh, it's another show. It's another exactly. It's another show. It's actually another couple of shows. But let's uh, let's leave that um, uh, mystery for now. Okay. So I'm Charles Wiz. Yeah, and Tony Silva. This is two teachers talking. Yeah, two teachers talking dot com. Two teachers talking at gmail dot com. And if you were at all amused or found anything at all a benefit or offensive, in this last hour of your life, <laughs> please uh, maybe uh, take a second and. Um, Rate us on iTunes. Um, or write a review, you please. You know, you write a review. Let us know. Um, and again, you got our email, two teachers talking at gmail.com. Something that you want us to cover, uh, an issue that you want addressed. Um, Let us know how we could do better. Yeah. That would be helpful, too. Okay. So. A little feedback. Yes, feedback. The importance of feedback. Okay. And on that note, Tony. Yes, sir. I will say thank you and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and over here too. It's back to work. Back to work. Okay, see you. Bye. All right. Good luck, guys. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.